Well, speaking of sheep, it's been a stellar run, hasn't it? Um, even going back three or four years, we've seen uh, sheep meat prices really lead the charge and then subsequently wool prices really shot through sort of 1,500 cents and beyond. And, um, you know, on low supply, uh, I can't think of a better performing sort of overall commodity in the, in the last few years. But it, I don't know, is it time to be a bit more nervous, Matty? Prices are falling, um, generally still in really quite profitable um, territory, I would have thought, uh, given uh, assuming you've, you've got season to go with it. But but there are signs of weakness, uh, particularly in wool, but, but we've also seen pricing uh, fall in, in sheep meat. Uh, what do we make of it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, month after month, we, we've sat here and marvelled at how well sheep meat's doing and, you know, it's exceeding the year after last year's levels um, and doing incredibly well. Yeah, we've had a we've had a strong drop in the, in the indicator. So National Trade Lamb Indicator sitting at low 640 cents at the moment. Um, it was over 800 at this time last year. But Mark, like you said, is still historically fairly decent. Um, these are not prices that producers would have turned their nose up um, at two or three years ago. So it's not all doom and gloom. The main factor driving the drop in uh, land prices at the moment is really is that export market um, drop-off. So while it hasn't been as severe as the drop-off in the cattle industry, it has it, the lamb industry is more export market focused. Um, so we've seen a huge number of heavy export weight um, lambs come onto the market. And so that's driven heavy lamb prices down by over 200 cents in the last year. So in contrast, the lighter lambs, the restocker lambs, they've only fallen by about 120. So it's been, it, it, it's been an interesting time and we can't really expect it to get much better in the really short term because we're about to have the spring flush come onto the market. We've already seen a bunch of sucker lambs come onto the market, um, which have interestingly received stronger prices than we probably would have expected. So that's showing there's a real restocker demand out there. Um, but having said that, um, it doesn't necessarily mean that that's going to last for the whole spring flush. Um, so restocker in general is still performing okay, but seems coming into that. So a lot of people going through their winter feed gap aren't buying um, new, new stock for their, their uh, farms. And then you've also got the closure of a lot of processing plants in Victoria, where which is really the hub of sheep meat processing. So that's all impacted prices at the moment. Having said all of that, Mark, you started off by saying, you know, should we feel nervous? I don't really think so. The fundamentals are still there of the market. You know, we've got a low national flock level. Um, we've got strong demand, generally speaking. Um, and while export demand has obviously taken a hit, it will come back. Um, I don't think there's any doubt about that. It's not as if we're, we're facing huge competition from other nations for Australia's sheep meat. So once people, the supply chains are back up and running, um, and people are back in restaurants and back buying, we should expect to see prices increase and things improve. Maddie, one of the interesting growths in the sheep meat market over the last few years has been mutton, and particularly for mutton exports into the US of all places, uh, as well as the growing amount of mutton exported to China, and it's been going to the Middle East for a while. Where do you see the balance between uh, lamb production and mutton production going forward, um, particularly with some of the disruptions we've seen this year? Yeah, 
I still see as more of a more of a byproduct um, when you you're turning over your older older ewes and and finding a decent market to sell them into. So I'm not really seeing it as a niche production market. Having said that, there have been a lot of stories around recent, recently about dry aged mutton hitting uh, restaurant um, tables and it being a new um, a new meat that uh, restaurateurs are getting interested in. So it's certainly a growing market. Like you said, the US year on year um, export mutton exports to the US are up 33% um, despite despite everything that's going on at the moment. So really, it's it's an it's an interesting one, but I I don't really see it being anything but the byproduct of land production at this stage. But we'll wait and see. The other component of sheep, of course, being wool for many producers and for our specialist producers has encountered a pretty difficult market in the last, well, month, but probably the last, what, four or six months, is it? You know, is is it a longer road to recovery or we wonder where the the middle ground is uh, as wool settled? Because it seems to be caught up in a you know, the, the inventory side of wool is a bit hard to see, especially in China. And the retail demand story for wool might be a bit longer impacted through global economic downturn. Is that fair or what are you making of wool right now? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the overriding fear, isn't it? That that the global economic downturn, which we don't really expect to come to bounce out of that quickly, um, that that will have a real a real impact on woolen suit sales, which is actually one of the biggest um, outputs for for wool these days. Um, so all of those fears have seen um, the the eastern market indicator drop below a thousand cents. So that's a real that's a real change from even just six eight. Ten months ago, so um, it's 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 a pretty gloomy outlook out there at the moment for a lot of producers, and it's difficult to tell, like you said, whether it's a it's is just purely COVID or is this a return to trying to find what is the right price for wool? Because when we, we've sat here for months, years, even saying, "Wow, I can't believe wool keeps going up and keeps going up and keeps going up," and there was a lot of skepticism with a lot of people saying, "Is it really worth?" what's being paid for. Um, so that question must be playing in the back of people's heads to say, you know, will we ever return to the 2000, 2000 cent level? Um, but a lot of that depends on the behaviour of the major player, China. So they're known to come in and out of markets quickly and to, you know, try to spend a lot of time and money and push the price, price high to build up their own stockpile. And there was a lot of talk uh, before COVID hit about how big was the stockpile in China, so we're still not really sure of that. And then, of course, like you said, Mark, we've got all we've got a lot of producers holding back wool from auction at the moment. So we really don't know how much is sitting in sheds. Um, we don't know how much oh, we know how much is sitting in auction rooms, but we don't know what that impact that will have for prices in the future, or whether it will drive drive them lower, whether people will continue to hold in the hope that prices will get better. Uh, we'll just wait and see. I mean, it, there's not much wonderful news to be said for wool at the moment. Michael, it wasn't long ago that we were in China looking at wool and sheep and um, we were hearing a lot about that, the demand side story, not just uh, for wool and for the suit market, as Natty referenced then, but into the active wear and leisure markets, which sort of seem to be untapping a whole new range of consumers. I wonder why 
the demand side there hasn't sort of kept pace or even insulated some of the the falling in demand that we've been seeing lately because in a lot of other categories we've seen online digital sales really continue quite strongly in some economies even though the retail foot traffic spaces have been desperately quiet. Um, what do you think about the future of wool in that sense? Mark, this is once again in agriculture where the weather comes into play. And yes, demand may have slowed down for a number of reasons, as Maddie has outlined, whether it's what was already in stockpiles, whether it was COVID uncertainty as well. But in coming months, it's going to get cold in the Northern Hemisphere. It's going to get cold in China. And importantly, it's going to get cold in Europe as well, where so much of the wool and demand comes from into fashionable items. Uh, a lot of the big wool players in the Northern Hemisphere, and China in particular, know this. They're used to these strategies and these forecasts as well. So depending on where their stockpiles and supplies are sitting at the moment, and depending on how much they read that that demand for wool and attire will pick up in coming months as, as the Northern Hemisphere goes into autumn and then into winter as well, this could be something that starts to push things up again. The other part you mentioned about our time in China is that demand for wool, but let's also remember that the ongoing impact of African swine fever into China's meat production and meat supplies hasn't gone away, so that demand for sheep meat going back as well could be pushed up by that too. So it is a space with, uh, with some cautious optimism on both of them. Yeah, and I suppose one of the positive things that seems to be coming out of the big drop in wool prices is a lot of people saying, well, hopefully this will attract some domestic processes and even people who wouldn't have considered manufacturing with wool to start manufacturing with wool. So I don't know if you've heard any talk around the traps of people starting to look at wool as a, a viable staple alternative rather than a luxury, but um, that's certainly been the hope. No, well, I think it'd be fair to say that the... The cost of manufacturing in, a, in Australia has made it difficult to be globally competitive and uh, to think of a return to local manufacturing at scale probably would be difficult. However, um, what we are seeing is more consumer awareness um, and uh, a propensity to buy and support local and there may well be positive niche offerings that in combination still could add up to a lot. But perhaps not manufacturing in the typical sense as we think of um, the scouring and, and processing industry as we've seen it before.